Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. And those of you in here, please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 1. Proverbs, chapter 1. Now, if I asked you to tell you one of the dumbest things you've ever done, you could come up with one or two or a dozen or two, right? Uh, the older you get, a hundred or two. We, we've done some pretty dumb things in our lives. And uh, my brother and I were recently talking, uh, uh, well, both of my brothers and both of my sisters, were, we were together and we were talking about some of the dumb things my older brother and I did and how amazing it is that we lived through it, you know. Uh, but occasionally we do some really stupid things. And so I want you to think of wisdom as kind of a, a degree. So I got a chart up here that shows different degrees going up and, and there are degrees of wisdom and there are degrees of foolishness. Our challenge this morning is to move toward wisdom, to move up on the wisdom scale, to increase in wisdom. Uh, because the Bible is very clear, you must take sides. Now in our culture, uh, our culture is trying to polarize us. Our culture says you're either an extreme liberal or you're an extreme conservative. And yet most of the people are somewhere in between. On a spectrum there are some that are at both ends yes but most of us wouldn't be in that we'd be more in the middle ground and so when I say you must take sides I'm not talking about politics when I say you must take sides I'm not talking about sports I was up at my son-in-law's house and I pulled out a mug that he had and it had a red SF on it San Francisco 49ers and I said, oops, I dropped the mug and smashed it. He said, that's okay, I got six more in the closet. <laughs> uh, but but you, know, you don't have to take sides on the sporting event. If I asked you, what's your favorite song? We might come up with dozens of different favorite songs, even if we limit it, okay, to just a hymn sung at Christmas time. There's still dozens to choose from, and we'd have a variety of choices. And so when I say you must take sides, I don't mean it's you against everybody else. That's not what we want. We don't want you to be selfish or self-centered or politically extremist. What we want is you to take the side of wisdom. Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs is written by Solomon. Well, most of the Proverbs, many of the Proverbs are written by Solomon. And it talks about saying the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And yet the beginning of Proverbs aren't actually the Proverbs of Solomon. They're like many messages that Solomon prepared, that Solomon presented. And he writes them often as to his son, and yet he's recording it. So it wasn't just to go to his son. This is not just like John writing some instruction for Ben or Jerry. This is Solomon saying, I'm writing this toward my son, and yet I wanted to go beyond that. It's interesting that some of the wisdom Solomon gave to his son was kind of, don't be like dad. 
How many of you dads have had to say that to your sons, right? Don't be like me. I, I remember telling my boys you know, and my girls, be smart like your mom, not dumb like your dad, when they were teenagers. Because I, I really messed up my teenage years and a few years before that. Uh, but, but Kathy did a great job to her teenage years. So, so at that age of life, be, be smart like your mother, not dumb like your dad. Uh, but there's, there's times Solomon's writing this wisdom, wanting to connect, wanting to instruct, wanting to make sure that his son could avoid some of the problems he got into. And then right, we're going to jump down to verse number seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us work secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We will fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. Solomon goes on to write, and the contrast between wisdom and foolishness shows up a lot in the book of Proverbs. So the first thing we see in this passage this morning is to stand in awe of who God is and what he does. In awe of who God is and what he does. Now, here it's not as bad as it is in Phoenix or in a major city, but there's some places you can't even see the stars at night, like New York City. You have to get way outside the city to be able to see the stars because the city's so light and so bright. And in fact, when we were in New York, you can't even see the sun unless you stand and go like this and look straight up around the buildings to see the sun. Uh, but in the night, uh, the stars are super bright out on the mountains or when you're out away from all city lights, then the stars are so bright. And you know, they have estimates of how many stars there are, but they're not really sure. One of my favorite stories in astronomy in the last 10 years is there was this dark spot in the sky and they thought maybe it was just a big dark hole and then they got the Hubble telescope out there and then they replaced the lens. You maybe saw they put the lens in backward the first time. And, and then they got things working really well and then they got it around there and they aimed it at that dark hole and that blank spot in the sky and they zoomed in and you know what they found? Trillions of stars they didn't know even existed. Other galaxies and and all kinds of stuff out there they didn't even know existed because it's so far away. It could only be seen that way. And God said, let there be and there was. Stand in awe of who God is and what he does. Now, when it says the beginning of wisdom, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The beginning is equals the foundation. The beginning is the foundation. Now, this is a picture from when we built that other building out there. So you see the edge of the building, that's right outside these doors here. That's where the building stopped. 
and then we put it and then so they did dug the foundation and they put in footers and they filled it with concrete so that we had a solid foundation for the building without a good foundation what happens to the building yeah, it falls apart there was a school they built in Texas in fact Kathy and I had looked at a house and almost bought a house that would be really close to that elementary school and we thought it'd be a nice neighborhood and all of that and and then I, I made an offer on the house but we couldn't get within five thousand dollars of what I was willing to pay and so we didn't buy the house and uh, ended up that school was a brand new school and they tore it down two years later because they didn't get the foundation right and the walls were cracking and the roof was unsafe and all those kids that lived right by that school got bussed away to some other school. They had to completely tear it down because they didn't get the foundation right. So the beginning of knowledge, the foundation of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. It's not like, all right, the beginning of knowledge, so knowledge 101, you fear the Lord, and then you build up and you have increasing levels of knowledge. No, it's the foundation. It's kind of like in music where you have a repeating theme and the theme shows up and then later on the theme shows up again. And so in, over the course of the composition, that theme occurs at different times. And if it's the orchestra playing, then the first time maybe the trumpets are the lead and the second time it's maybe the strings and the third time it's maybe the wind instruments and, and they alternate, but they keep going back to that theme because that theme is the foundation of the piece. And so uh, the foundation of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. From fearing God, uh, an awe of who he is. And that's the only solid foundation on which to build your life. And you and I have known people who built their lives on other things and eventually they crash and burn. Even if they don't in this life, they do in the life to come without the foundation on the Lord. So everything is built on that foundation. So we truly stand in awe of who God is and what he does, just like we were singing about a little while ago. We're standing in awe of who he is, in awe of what he does. It's amazing. I sent out that, a little uh, message a text out uh, yesterday, I think it was to everybody, that Skyler is now adopted into our family. One of the most amazing things about God is God knew us at our worst and he loved us with his best and he sent Jesus to die for our sins so that we could be saved. And now we're in his family. Now, the adoption process, they call it the forever family. Skylar now has a forever family. She's one in one. She has one. It's a blessing for her. It's a blessing for us. And, and the judge, and that, they were really amazed at all the family members that were able to be there, extended family. And uh, three grandparents were there, and uh, aunts and uncles. And it was just really a, a fun time. But God made you part of his family. And we are family. If you know Jesus Christ, then you're my brother or my sister in Christ. And we are God's family. We are connected with him. 
And, and what a blessing that God did that for us. Honestly, my dad even said, there were times when I was a, a, a young teenager, there were times that my dad really hoped I wouldn't come home. But my God is building a home for me to go live with him. How awesome what God has done for us. That's the beginning of verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But some of the most amazing things show up in Scripture after those three letters. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You need to be a lifelong learner. You need to be a lifelong learner. Fools don't want to be told what to do. Foolish little kids don't listen when their parents try and teach them how to do something, how not to do something. Foolish workers don't listen to the experts. Foolish people don't listen to wise people. They don't want to hear that. They think they have all the answers. But you should be reading. You should be studying some how-to videos. In fact, I had a friend who, uh, I had a problem with the sink and, and a plumber said, oh, we got to replace everything. And a friend said, I don't think so. I'll look it up on YouTube. And he studied YouTube videos and he figured out what to do. And he came over and fixed it for me. And I'm so grateful that he did that. And how did he learn to do that? He's not trained. He just learned. Did you know you can learn almost anything in our culture today? There's all kinds of classes that you can take and you can learn. You need to stretch your brain and stretch your skills. So this is a rhetorical question. Don't answer it. But have you learned anything new this week? Today's the first day of the week. Have you learned anything new this month, this year? We need to be learning and growing and maturing. Uh, growth is optional, but to be obedient in following the Lord, growth is required. Now, when I was a business manager, it was really, really sad how many of the people didn't read. Didn't, and you don't have to read books. I happen to like to read books. And I know some people don't, but you need to be reading, you need to be learning, you need to be studying. And, and what most of the guys that I worked with, they went to work, they went home, they partied, they went to bed, they got up and went back to work. And that's what they did every day. Now some of them only partied on weekends, but, but that was their existence. And I talked to them about, what are you learning? How are you growing? And they look at me with a really blank look, like, what are you talking about? I graduated way back when. In fact, I read somewhere, I can't imagine this statistic is true, but they said that the average person never reads another book once they finish high school or college. Well, you need to be learning. You need to be growing. You need to be maturing. I've learned a lot from audiobooks while I'm walking or uh, reading books. You, you can learn a lot. Uh, I think Patty was talking about she doesn't like to read fiction. I've actually learned a lot from historical fiction. It's great. But she doesn't like to read fiction. She likes to read real things. And she loves to read books to learn and grow. And it's fun to say 
you know, snippets of things to your friends. Did you know that whatever? Yep, and, and sharing what you've learned. But what's the most important thing anybody can ever learn? God's Word, the Scripture, the Holy Bible. Learning God's Word. And you know what's kind of funny? Dan Weber and I were talking about this in Trek one night. The older you get, the more you have to relearn what you had already learned. Right? We're having to re-memorize verses that we used to have down pat, and now you got to learn them again. And renewing and refreshing. On your computer, you have to hit refresh quite often. Well, in your brain, you need to do that too. Hit refresh and reinforce things that are eternally important. Be a lifelong learner. <laughs> I know I shared this with you before. <clears throat> I had a neat relationship with my great-grandmother. And uh, it's interesting because <clears throat> Her husband, my great-grandpa Paul Dale, was a pastor. And then I ended up being a pastor, so I got a lot of his old books and his old study Bibles and even his old study desk I have over in my study here. It's way too small for me. He was about this tall. Uh, and, but, but I have a, a bigger desk that fits me better. And I remember Sarah Dale, my great-grandma, and we were in her house, and I had stayed with her because we were going to be fixing stuff in the kitchen, and I always liked to help in the kitchen. I learned something. My mom was an excellent cook, and my great-grandmother was. When you help in the kitchen, you get to eat more. And so I was helping grandma in the kitchen so I could get scarf up the snacks, you know? And while I was helping in the kitchen with great-grandma, some, somebody called, and she got really upset. She said, Terry, I'll be back in a minute. She just disappeared down the hallway. And so I tiptoed down the hallway to see what she was doing. And she had her bedroom door closed, but it wasn't fully shut. So I just pried it open a little bit. And I peeked in there, and there was Grandma sitting in her chair, holding her Bible, with her hand going down the page, and she's reading Scripture. And I kept watching, and then she closed the Bible, and then she prayed. And then she came out. She had been really upset. When she went into that room, when she came out, she was joyful and happy. And we went back in the kitchen and kept working. God speaks into our lives through his word. You neglect the scripture to your peril. You're not equipped for life if you're not learning God's word and working to keep that knowledge fresh in your head. Be a lifelong learner. Now, there may come a time in your life, like there did in my dad's life, where he could not remember what he read. He, he, he had dementia, and he got to the place where he couldn't learn anything new. He couldn't even retain what he'd already known. That may happen. But if God allows that in your life, just trust God and try and hang on to the knowledge of God. But if God hasn't allowed that in your life, then you have room for growth. So... Try to grow. Try to learn. Stick with it. Keep going. A third thing that we see here, and this is very important, kids. You're paying attention to this. Look at verse 8. Every kid in this room, look in your Bible at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. Here's the third thing today is learn from your parents. Learn from your parents. 
Now, kids and young people, God gave you the parents that you have. You say, well, you know, I wish I could trade mine in. I have my friend has some cooler parents. I'd love to have them. God put you in the family you're in, and God said those parents are good enough to do what God wanted to do in your life through your parents. So tell me something positive you have learned from your parents. I warned you earlier, I, I asked you this. Something positive you learned from your parents. Boys? Money management. Money management. I saw a hand back over here. Alan. Amanda? No, work ethic. Don't, don't quit when you're tired. Quit when you're done. I learned to work ethic from my dad too. He he always, and it seemed like we could always work our friends into the ground because dad taught us that from the time we were little. Kathy Burt? Commitments are very important. Be careful what they are. Yeah, careful what your commitments are, and then live up to the ones that you make. Dennis? Patience. Patience. Which parent taught you that one? My father. I knew that. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Savannah? A good example of a good marriage and working through problems and being strong together? Okay. Anybody else? Alice? Don't save your prayers for a little time at that time. Whenever you receive a blessing or help you need, pray right Yeah, don't wait on your prayers. Pray right then. You don't have to wait till later. So, Dan? At a very, very young age, I think I was five years old, I've never forgotten. My father tried to teach me this. He said, do unto others as you have others do unto you. I remember way back then, at that age. That well, was a long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> when he was five years old, that time he do to others the way you want them to do to you. Tucker. School? Yeah, learning all kinds of stuff when you're homeschooled. You learn a lot of different things. I, I was reading this week, and a guy said every parent, he's, by the way, the guy who wrote this is an atheist. He's not a believer. But he said every parent homeschools. They might think they're not, but they are. And so even if you send your kids to public school, when they come home, you're homeschooling those. And, and your kids are learning whether you're trying to or not. Everybody's trying to teach, everybody is teaching their kids something. Learn from your parents. Anybody else? How, how does our educator of the year, anything you learn from your parents? <laughs> she doesn't want to be put on the spot, so I'll put Kathy on the spot instead. She loves it. Music. My dad taught me to play. Music. Yeah. yeah. She learned piano by watching her dad and listening to him. And, and he'd give her, he never gave her lessons, but he gave her pointers. And, so praise the Lord for that. So to hear means, when it says to hear and then not to forsake, it means to receive the information and act upon it. I, I know my dad would say, do you hear me, boy? Of course, to my brother, she would never to me. But do you hear me, boy? And I can honestly say, yes. But I didn't hear the way Solomon is taking to hear. Because when Solomon says to hear, it's not just... Let the information come in through your ear, but actually let it resonate in your life so that it makes a difference. You are hearing and acting upon what you're hearing so that it's not just sound. Yes, I hear the sound waves hitting my eardrum, but it's letting it hit your heart and impact your life. 
So to make decisions and choices that are consistent with what you've learned, learn from your parents. Now, sometimes you learn negative things from Richard and I talked about. We had dads that were harsh and it made us a little harder for us to understand a loving Heavenly Father. Because when we thought of Father, we didn't think of love. We thought of rules and, and structure and discipline. And uh, But we learned to believe in a Heavenly Father and a loving Heavenly Father. And, and you, you learn positive things from your parents. You learn some things not to do. I remember talking with my oldest daughter once, and I told her, when you have a home of your own, you can make your own house rules. This is how your mom and I have made that rule. And her house rules are different, and yet it's okay. Uh, so learn from your parents. This is wisdom. And by the way, kids, if you really stop and think about it, everything you've had to learn, when you were born, you knew nothing. Everything you had to learn. So make it a life goal to keep on learning. Learn from your parents and your grandparents and learn. And then number four, reject those who encourage you to sin. Reject those who encourage you to sin. See, there's always people. My son, verse 10, says, if sinners entice you, do not consent. And then he walks through some of the things that they could do. And then he says in verse 15, My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. Now, uh, any of you ever walk on cow paths? Cow paths. You know, cows make good paths. They go, except cows aren't as tall as people are. So sometimes if you're following a cow path, you got to duck down to go under the trees or through the bushes. But, but cows generally find the easiest way possible. It's better to follow a path by cows than it is a path by horses. Because horses don't mind a, a little jump or a little drop. But cows take the easiest path. But when you're walking on a cow path, what do you need to watch out for? <laughs> Gifts the cows have left behind. Yeah, you got to watch out for those. And so he's saying you're walking on the right path. And then he said, refrain your foot from their path. It's like this choice you got to go over here. And if you go over there, you're going to step in it. And it's going to stink. And your life is going to be messed up because you stepped in it. Don't step on their path. Now, what we have in our culture, a lot of people, they flirt with evil. They do it a little bit. They, they don't want to be a big lawbreaker, but a little bit. Or, you know, you tell them, don't go near the edge. And so they'll, they'll get over, you know, close to the edge and maybe lean over the edge. And, well, they're not going to step over that edge, but, but they're going to check it out. And he said, refrain your foot. Don't even step one foot on that path. Don't walk along here and then, oh, now I'll go back this way. Don't do that. Just stay on the right path. There's always going to be somebody to encourage you to do wrong. Always. In fact, I uh, one of my pet peeves, <laughs> I only have about 3,000 of them, but one of my pet peeves is I'm in a place and there's a worker and you know, I, I, well, I, I'll just use a specific illustration. I was at QT and I went in and I was gonna get a drink and there was a guy 
who was heading in and I stopped to hold the door for him because he had a cartload of stuff that he had to take in. He said, oh no, go ahead, you guys go ahead. I'm on the clock. And that's one of my pet peeves. When you're on the clock, you're supposed to be working, not shirking. You're supposed to put in time and energy and effort. When you're getting paid to do it, even if you're not getting paid, if that's your job, you do your job. And, and uh, I felt like smacking him with the door, you know? Uh, pay attention, buddy, God's watching you. Uh, but, but you need to work, but there's always gonna be somebody to encourage you to back off. For a very short time, I lived in a, in a I had a job that was uh, like um, a union job. And I got in trouble for working too hard because I was making the other guys look bad and I was exceeding the standard and they wanted me to slow down and back off or else they would raise the standard and everybody would have to work hard. And yet I was raised like a man who was raised. You work hard. You give it everything you've got. When you're off work, you're off work. But when you're on work, you're working. And I couldn't stand it. I left the job because it paid well, but I couldn't stand the job. I wanted a job that challenged me. And so the world is going to encourage you. You're going to get more encouragement to cut corners, to cheat, to do less than your best, to tolerate and even maybe participate in a little bit of dishonesty. I mean, there's, a, there's an app uh, that actually generates false receipts for you to submit for your uh, expense reimbursement. So it will scan the receipt that you have. Yeah, I mean, you scan the receipt that you got and it will generate a new receipt that looks legitimate that increases the dollar amount so you get reimbursed for more than you actually spent. Somebody took some serious effort to create that app. And, and yet it's cheating, it's dishonest, it's false. And you're going to be encouraged to ignore the rules. You're going to be encouraged to be a little bit lazy, to back off a little on the job, or to cheat a little bit. In sports, the coach will encourage you to foul, or try and make your foul look not like a foul so you can get away with it. And, and that's the way of life on earth. But when God looks down from heaven, he sees every little indiscretion. He loves us anyway, but he sees it all. And he does not want to see his kids crossing those lines. He wants you to be honest and have integrity. So reject those who encourage you to sin. You must take sides. You must take sides. You must choose the side of wisdom, not the side of foolishness. You must choose to do the right thing. Reject those things and follow the things of the Lord. So, all right, I got a funny picture for you to put this in your head. You must take sides. <laughs> on the one side, he has a nice healthy salad. On the other side, donuts. What do you think he's going to choose? Right there, I think he's leaning toward the donuts. Uh, you need to be wise or foolish. In this picture, you can eat healthfully or not. I don't think it's evil to eat a donut. I mean, if you're diabetic, it quite possibly could be evil. It would be for me. Uh, but 
but it's not evil for most people who have normal blood sugar to eat a donut. To eat them all the time, that might be very unhealthy, or to eat six or eight at once, that definitely would be. But listen, you need to make wise choices in your life. There are general principles of wisdom that apply to all of us, but there's specific ones in your life. There's certain medicines you can't take, even though other people can. There's certain foods you can't eat, even though other people can. So there's general wisdom for everybody, but there's specific wisdom in your life, and you need to learn how to live well in your life. Nobody else gets the chance to live in your skin, praise the Lord. And you don't get a chance to live in anybody else's skin, praise the Lord for that too. So live well in the brain, and body, and heart that God has given you. Make wise choices. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wisdom you give us from your word that we can learn, that we can grow. Thank you that you love us and care for us and Thank you that even when we do stray, when we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you that you love us and care for us and provide for us. And we pray that we would try to make wise choices this week. In just a few hours, we'll be entering in a new month. I pray that this new month, we could be a little bit wiser than we were in the last month. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing victory at victoryarizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.